Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Faith Without Filters. Alhamdulillah. Joined with Ustada Fatima Let uh, for this podcast. And what are we talking about today, Ustada? I think today we're going to talk about forgiveness. We're in the month of Ramadan, right? Yes. It's almost over. The month is almost finished. We're in the last 10 nights. And um, yeah, these are the nights where everybody is begging for, for forgiveness. And what does that mean? What, what, is, what is forgiveness anyways, right? What is the, the whole idea of, uh, of forgiveness about in our faith anyways? Like, why are we seeking forgiveness? Why should we, why should we be sorry Ustada, for the things that we do? You know, that's a very good question. When it comes to seeking forgiveness, a lot of times we think that, okay, we seek forgiveness because we did something to Allah, right? Someone, so someone may have made a mistake or committed a sin and they think, oh, I did something to Allah. So that's why I have to seek forgiveness when really forgiveness is actually a journey for us. It is actually a mending of our relationship with us and Allah in, the, in, in us, you know, Allah is still there, right? And whether or not you know, God is very merciful and in his merciful nature, he forgives us of things we haven't even sought forgiveness for, or he has mercy on yeah. us about things that we haven't even sought forgiveness for. So it's more of a journey of yourself and overcoming this difficulty or overcoming this, um, this mistake that you've made is that step in moving forward. You know, you ever be in a situation and you feel like you need to move forward from that situation, you move forward from that emotion, whether it be a relationship or a friendship or even a, something you've done to yourself. And your next step to moving forward is kind of just like taking that thing off of your plate or yeah. taking that thing off of that weight of that thing off of yourself. And that's what forgiveness does. It takes that weight of that thing off of you. And then it also connects your relationship with Allah better. It also mends that relationship. So I, I, in short, you know, we seek forgiveness for ourselves. We seek forgiveness for to better ourselves and to be able to move forward from the different mistakes that we've made. Yeah, and there, there are different words that we have in our, uh, in our faith, right, for, for this whole concept. So there's toba, there's maghfira, right? There's uh, istighfar that we kind of, you know, we, we throw around a lot, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Uh, and, and when it comes to the words Tawbah and, and Maghfira, for example, right, uh, do they have the exact same meaning or is it like, do, do, are, are they giving us like a holistic picture of a broader concept rather than just being synonymous? Yeah, I think it definitely gives us a, a more holistic picture, especially because Tawbah is more so of you, you know, making a mistake or doing something or even not even doing something, but turning back to Allah. So toba is a sense of it actually means to turn back, like it originally. Um, so it's a it's a it's a sense of constantly turning to Allah, right? But then you have magfira, which comes from the root of gain fat and law, and it gives us a little bit more nuance, where it's more so where we're not just asking Allah's forgiveness. We're not just asking for Him to say, like, okay, you did this thing, I forgive you for it, therefore you're not eligible for punishment for that action, there's more things to come with it. That's why Allah mm -hmm. says and al -ghafur and al -ghafir. that we're asking for Allah to not only forgive us for that sin where we're no longer eligible for punishment for that, but we're also asking Allah to cover it up, right? Yeah. Mikhfar you know? is, a, is a helmet, right? In the Arabic yeah. language is a mikhfar. The, the same root, root is used for a helmet. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're asking Allah to cover it up. And then there's a sense of protection that's also embedded in the word. So we're asking Allah SWT to cover up that sin and to protect us from the sin or protect us from ourselves having committed that sin. And one would say like, how do you need to be protected from yourself from this sin? Well, a lot of times what happens is that when you make mistakes, you can either go down, you can go down a couple of routes, but some things that happens is that sometimes we think that we are, we are our mistakes. And from there, we feel like we can't necessarily do better or we can't necessarily, you know, be a good person. So then we constantly make more mistakes, you know, because you feel like yeah. you can't do better and you need protection from that. Right. And that's why Allah SWT says, say to my servant, don't despair in my rahmah. Right. That yeah. they, they've crossed their own boundaries. So don't despair in the rahmah, the mercy of Allah, because Allah SWT forgives sins, jami'an, all of them. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that sometimes you may make a mistake or commit a sin. And you may not think it's that big of a deal. Okay, I made this mistake. I committed this sin. You need protection from that too. Because yeah. why? Then you will continue to maybe do that or continue to fall into that trap. And maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe it was a minor sin. But we all know that minor sins are little crumbs that leads to major things. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is the fact that uh, you don't always have to be consciously making repentance in order to be engaged in repentance right it's interesting how it's already kind of built in to our faith practices and an example of that uh, the prophet told us that every time you you know between every one of the five daily prayers your sins are forgiven between one juma and the next you know your sins are forgiven which may be a little bit bigger from one ramadan to the next your sins are forgiven from you know umrah to umrah hajj to hajj and obviously hajj being the biggest of the the acts of worship, and so obviously the bigger types of sins are forgiven. Uh, the when you make wudu, the Prophet ﷺ said that you know, like you know, every drop of water that drops from your your arms, your legs, your face, until that last drop of water dries, your your sins are being forgiven. And uh, that to me is really amazing. That there's number one, this this one side of you know toba, repentance, inaba, maghfira, that in these last ten nights we're asking Allah for it, right? Allahumma uh, innaka afu, you know afu his pardon, right? We're asking Allah to forgive us. We are begging Allah to forgive us. But on the other side, Allah has built in these practices that if we're just being faithful and we're worshiping Allah like we're supposed to do and you know doing the basic things that we're supposed to do, that's also automatically getting us our sins forgiven without even having to ask for it. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I don't know, but I mean that that to me just seems like like, you know, like the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like, you don't even have to ask. And as long as you do what you're supposed to do, that you're still going to be able to enjoy Allah's uh, forgiveness and, and his covering. It's so beautiful because I also look at it from the other aspect that when we talk about dhikr, like remembrance of Allah, a lot of times istighfar comes in there as well. You know, mm -hmm. seeking forgiveness comes into dhikr. So someone would say, well, if I'm doing a major, like if I've made toba and I pray two rakats and I, you know, ask for Allah for forgiveness for something, then what's the point of istighfar being considered to be dhikr? Yeah. When really istighfar is not necessarily you're seeking forgiveness for like you're saying a very specific action or specific thing, you know, and you have the Prophet having himself doing istighfar and companions coming to him and saying, Ya Rasulullah, why are you doing istighfar? And he said, like, you don't, you don't have any, like, sins. You don't have anything to worry about. And he said, shall I not be grateful? 
Yeah. Like, should I not be a grateful servant to a lot? A hundred times. The process of them up to a hundred times a day, right? Would do a stiff hundred times a day. Yeah. A hundred times a day. And he said, shall I not be a grateful servant to a lot? And that puts you in a different mindset because sometimes yeah. when you think about seeking forgiveness, it's always like, I did something wrong and I need to be reprimanded for what I've done wrong. And I want to prevent that reprimand, you reprimanding me. So I'm going to ask for forgiveness when really it's about the remembrance of your Lord and remembering, you know, your world of view and what is your purpose in your, in this life, you know, and that purpose is to worship Allah and to seek the pleasure of Allah. And you, you want to make sure that you're catching any little thing, right? You want to make sure that even if you didn't do anything that day, you're still just, what, why not get forgiveness? Why not yeah. get Allah's mercy? Because that's what forgiveness is. It's Allah's mercy bestowed upon you. Yeah, and some of those du'as actually mentioned, like, you know, Allah, forgive us for that which we know and that which we don't know. Yes. Uh, that which we're aware of, that which we're not aware of. Uh, well, no, one thing that always kind of uh, crossed my mind was after you're done with your salah, it's a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to say astaghfirullah three times. And that's always kind of caught me, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because again, prayer itself is an act of forgiveness. Uh, and then right after prayer, you know, you've done wudu, which forgives you your sins. You've prayed, which forgives you your sins. And then immediately right after you pray, you're saying astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. And I, I read uh, a commentary on this by one uh, a scholar. I can't remember uh, their name, but it was really beautiful. It was really beautiful. And it's about what you're mentioning. It's not always about having done something wrong. Uh, and then, you know, now, you know, in order to avoid punishment for that wrong, I'm seeking forgiveness. But their view was, look, look at it this way. You were engaged in the worship of Allah. You were connected to him. And, and look how imperfect you are that you can't, you can't possibly worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way he deserves to be worship mm -hmm. uh, and you can't possibly stay in a constant state of ibadah right in, in, in like you are in salah and so it's almost like when you're you're saying salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah you're seeking forgiveness just just for that recognition that ya allah i can't even worship you the way that you deserve to be worshiped right i can't even perfect my salah i can't even stay in this state continuously you know as as pro probably would be the the actual right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to constantly be in a state of, of of ibadah and so it's like man even after your you know good act of of worship now you're <laughs> seeking forgiveness uh, but it's also teaching you humility right don't think your salah was perfect don't think you're great because you you did Allah a favor no like you got to immediately jump back into I'm fallible and I make mistakes yes I also you know it's so beautiful that sometimes when we think about these things, sometimes we think about our relationship with Allah in a very transactional way. That mm. we do this one thing, then God is going to give us this one thing. If we yeah. ask forgiveness for this one thing, then Allah Subhanahu will forgive us for this one thing. And you pointed it out that it's not transactional. In fact, if it was transactional, we would constantly fall short, yeah. right? Like Allah Subhanahu Wa forgives us in, in our wudu. He forgives us in our salah. He forgives us in so many different things and even one thing that he says is that you know Allah subhanahu wa tells us that if you follow the message okay you follow his message he says um uh, if you follow the message and you're just in awe of Allah you have this reverence for Allah you're humbled by Allah subhanahu wa mercy you're humbled by by his being by his his how much of a lord he is okay and bil and the the unseen 
Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, mm. Then give yeah. them the good news of forgiveness. Like your belief gets you forgiveness. It gets you, it enters you into peace and safety. Right. And so sometimes we think about things like from a very transactional standpoint, but when it comes to everything with our relationship with Allah, we always get much more out of it than the effort we put in. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, like, if you walk towards me, I'll run towards that person. Right. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says a person who comes with one good deed, they get back 10 hasanat. Right. Because every little effort we put in our relationship with Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us so much more out of that. SubhanAllah. There's, there's the other hadith, uh, and I think we've, we've brought it up before, either in a different podcast or, or, or one of the talks that you've done. But that's the one that it mentions that none of you will enter Jannah with your deeds. Yes. But, you know, and, and they said to the Prophet after he said this, he said, not even you, Ya Rasulullah. And he said, not even me. Uh, right? Except that unless that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to cover me, engulf me with his with his mercy uh, and his compassion. Uh, just your thoughts on that. Like just 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 that. I mean, you, you hear that and you're like, well, why are we doing all this? Why are we fasting in Ramadan then if, if these deeds aren't going to get us anywhere? <laughs> this narration is one of my favorite narrations. And sometimes yeah. I like sit down and I try to figure out like, why like how do I even explain <laughs> this to someone you get what I'm saying because yeah. it, it, it on the surface it doesn't make sense right because we've yeah, told 14 hours of fasting man that, exactly that <laughs> and you've been told yeah only yeah. believe and do good good deeds righteous actions righteous actions and so then you have this narration of the prophet and he's like yeah. And he starts off the narration by saying, yeah. He starts it off by saying, do good deeds, do them constantly, do this, yeah. that. But then he says, know that your deeds will not enter you into paradise. And I, there's, so, there's so many things to unpack in this particular hadith. But one thing that I really, really like reflect on is like the quality of our action. Right. Like if we're saying that our relationship, because relationships are about quality, it's not about quantity. You can have a many yeah. relationships, but that quality is not there. It's just not it's 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 actually toxic, as they say now on Twitter. Um, and it's detrimental. Right. And so when we talk about our relationship with Allah and say maybe we are doing deeds, but what is the quality of our deeds? And yeah. if, we're, if I'm dependent, me, Fatma, is dependent upon my quality of my deeds in my relationship with Allah to get into Jannah, that's a very scary thing to do. <laughs> it makes, yeah, that makes good sense when you put it that way. <laughs> and how much of an, uh, how much arrogance would it take to think that, no, my deeds will be good enough, right? That, that's just kind of a, that's a yeah. dangerous line of uh, thinking there. You know? Think about the quality of your prayers just in this week. Mm. If a lot, because a lot tells us we should focus in our prayer. We are told that we should have proper form we're told that we should wear proper clothes we're told a lot of things about our yeah. Salah. Yeah. how many of us put in that level of effort into our salah yeah praying in your pajamas mm. yeah guilty yeah <laughs> catching the prayer one minute before it's out there we go <laughs> subhanallah no absolutely it's when it's you know it's yeah go ahead no, I'm just saying that you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Like if that's a great way to explain the hadith is, you know, if you think about the quality of your deeds, do you really want that to be the deciding factor whether or not you get into Jannah? <laughs> I'll take Allah's mercy. 
There we go. I'll take Allah's mercy any day as well. SubhanAllah. And, and so, the Prophet is very, is very um, complete in yeah. the sense that he doesn't just stop there. He doesn't say you won't go into Jannah based off of your own deeds, but by the love and the mercy of Allah. Yeah, and then yeah. at the end of it, he says, and know that anna ahab al-amal ilallahi he says but know what is most beloved to god like yeah. that's what you do when you're sitting around and you like were younger and you wanted to go somewhere you didn't like have the whole house a mess and then ask your parents if you can go out what'd you do start cleaning up everything you start like you know making yeah. the chai the way your dad wants it you start doing all types of things to be ready to like ask them for something. You buttered them up, right? And you did the things that, but those things were not, they they were not the only deciding factor as to whether or not you could go, yeah. right? And so the Prophet was saying, but know that the thing that's most beloved to Allah is that you do things constantly, even if they seem small. small yeah. It's just constant action. You know, you make an effort, you put your foot forward. Like how am I supposed to know that you're trying if you're not making any type of effort? No, absolutely. So the other side, the other side of Tawbah and forgiveness, right? Uh, so if Allah has given us all these opportunities, right, from one prayer to the next, from one Jummah to the next, one Ramadan to the next, in Ramadan. So this is what this is what this is this is what's really interesting, right? I love like humans and the study of like human behavior. Okay, just the fact that Allah has given us like repetitive, repetitive opportunities to be forgiven. Even in Ramadan, right? So in Ramadan, you have the month, it starts off, you're fasting, you're praying, but then there are the last 10 nights. Yep. And then even the last 10 nights are the last, you know, the, the odd nights, right? And then, you know, there's, there's specific ones like the 27th or something where there's, you know, there's more uh, text about, but it's not just that. It's like, man, you, you, you go through Ramadan, you go through these last 10 nights, you work for Laylatul Qadr. And then what comes after Ramadan, right? Uh, Eid al-Adha is coming up. And so we have the day of Arafah. If you fast the day of Arafah, forgiveness for the previous year's worth of sins, right yeah. after Ramadan, right yeah. after Ramadan. And then when the new year starts, <laughs> you have Ashura, which is, you know, uh, another year's worth of, of sins being forgiven. And so to me, it's like, man, what is Allah trying to tell us about ourselves? that we have these three opportunities, major opportunities to be forgiven for our sins, at least for like the last year. And it's one after the other, after the other, meaning how likely are we actually achieving and accomplishing the purpose or the goal of being totally forgiven in Ramadan only to have another one come right afterwards. I mean, it's like Allah's like, I know you're going to slip up right after Ramadan. I know you're going to make a lot of mistakes or, or even, you know, during Ramadan. But here are so many opportunities for you to be forgiven for your sins. And that's just, that's just amazing. It is beautiful. I even look at it from that perspective that like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like, listen, I know you're human. And, you know, he says it, that humans are created weak and they yeah. fall into traps. That's just how it is. And Shaitan does not shy away from his mission and his goal of sitting on the path of Allah, the straight path and, you know, turning people away and trying to yeah. whisper and all that stuff. There's also the other aspect that I feel like Allah always gives us an opportunity to level up. You know, like no, as, as good as you brought yourself in Ramadan, when the beginning of Ramadan starts, you can level up, right? And that leveling up is, you know, in the last 10 days, you really kick it into like, you were already in full gear when Ramadan started, you go past that, right? 
you know, then Ramadan's over. Maybe you are keeping up with your Monday and Thursday fast, whatever the case may be, 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. All right, Arafah, kick it up, right? Like really keep it up. There's always a moment to level up and that goes so well in the purpose of our religion. And that's as a reformation of human beings, right? That every single one of us on a, we have things that we need to work on. We have things that we need to clear up within ourselves. We have parts of our hearts that we need to purify. And Allah SWT is saying, listen, I know you need incentive. I know you need a little push because you're human and you need that. You know, that's why extra credit exists. You need it. (laughs) You need incentive. And so here's that incentive. If the fact that the things that you are already getting, you have to do like prayer, all that stuff is not enough. Let me show you. There's so much more incentive for you to level up. SubhanAllah. All right, so this, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little game with you here. Oh God! I'm going to uh, I'm going to quote uh, maybe a couple of ayat. Oh And no. then some hadith. No, you don't have to guess the source. No, you're good. Okay. Uh, I just want you to give your your first thought, like your your, your biggest thought, like quickest uh, one sentence that stands out from from each one of these. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. So the first one is, and I'll say the Arabic and English for our audience, it's تفلحون, And all of you repent to Allah or turn to Allah in repentance, all, uh, all of you believers, تفلحون, so that you can be successful. What pops out? Successful. Isn't that what we all strive for? Success? We all want to be successful in our jobs, in our relationships, in our lives, whatever the, whatever the case may be we should want to be successful in the eyes of Allah. That is the only success that really matters. And one of the keys to that? Is repentance. Repentance. Interesting. And I, get, so, uh, and I like to tell people like this is experiential, right? You've got to try it. You have to do it to yep. experience it. You can't just be like, oh, well, you're telling me that if I repent, I'll, I'll find my way to success. But how? Like do it. Go through the process, right? Make sure you're actively repentant and make sure you're doing your prayers on time and you're fasting in Ramadan. If you can't like just do the stuff you're supposed to do, and then you'll you'll see. You'll see. All right, here we go. Here's another one. Yeah, you amanu tubu in Allahi nasuha. Oh, you who have faith, turn to Allah. nasuha with a repentance that is nasuh or sincere for lack of a better word. I Boom sincerity stands out to me because a lot of times we're not even truthful to ourselves you know we're we don't we don't we're not even self-evaluating us and our capability and our abilities properly and we do it to our children too we think that they don't they're not necessarily intellectual enough to comprehend what they've done so we just kind of give excuses and stuff like that which is fine you should but you need to in order for you to really grow, in order for you to really develop and be the best version of yourself, you have to be very, very sincere with who you are and what you need to work on and where you need to go from there. And that sincerity, if you're not sincere with Allah, then who are you sincere with? If you're not sincere with the one who knows everything, who sees everything, who has, you know, who watches over you, who is all aware, then who are you sincere with? And so that sincerity in repentance is important because if you're just saying, oh, I'm sorry for doing this and you don't really mean it, you're not really moving forward. You know, yeah. you're just you're just putting like 
a band-aid that's not a real band-aid on it. You want to move forward. You want to heal from your mistake. You want to heal from that, whatever it is that you've done. You want to heal in your life, even if it's something yeah. that you didn't do. You want to heal in your life. And part of healing is approaching that process sincerely. Subhanallah. And yeah, so that's one of the definitions of uh, the nasuh type of toba is that you actually regret what you did in your heart. Yeah. Like you have to be conscious uh, of, of the fact that you made a mistake, you messed up, whether it's with Allah or whether it's with somebody else. You have to own up to your uh, to your mistake, and that's how it's going to be sincere. All right, here's one. Allahu afrahu bitawbati abdihi min ahadikum sakata ala ba'irihi wa qad adallahu fi ardin falat. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more happy uh, when one of you repents than you would be if you had, and this I'll just give explanation, if you had, you were in the middle of the desert, you lost your camel, livelihood's there, everything's there, then all of a sudden the camel comes back and you're like just, oh my God, my life is saved. So Allah is more happy with one of you when you repent, when you basically are, when you can save your own life. <laughs> you know that, this narration is so funny because at the end of it, you know, yeah. the guy, he gets really excited and he's like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just such a funny. He's, yeah, he, so out of, out of his severe happiness, he confuses his words and trying it's, to be grateful to Allah. He says, oh Allah, you are my slave. I am your master. Instead of, oh Allah, you are my master. I'm your slave. But he's so happy he gets confused. <laughs> yeah. And so it's to me, yeah, th that's why the narration is so funny to me. I always laugh when I hear this narration. Yeah. But what I think about this is the joy that Allah has <clears throat> in us turning to him. SubhanAllah. Isn't that beautiful? You know? Yeah, it's so beautiful. I don't think it's very rare that you do something that someone has told you not to do. And yeah. then you come back and you say sorry. And they're happy hey, that you said sorry. As a parent, that's not how we are. <laughs> okay, I just want to know, you know, I'm just asking for a friend, you know? <laughs> yeah, and Allah is, is he is happy. He is happy and it, it, it shows us what God wants for, for you. He wants yeah. success for you. He wants happiness for you. He wants contentment for you. Um, and he wants you to live in the hereafter pain-free, you know, without any accountability for your sins or anything like that and so mm -hmm. recognizing that is what Allah wants for you it should push you more to repenting to him you know awesome. it should push you yeah. more to asking for his repentance his and that is that is, like I said it's, it's a very unique thing that you would mess up disobey somebody and then you you know, you're saying sorry and really being genuine about it is actually making them happy. And I guess it kind of shows us uh, how maybe we should conduct ourselves with, you know, yeah. people that slip up every now and then, our children, I'm talking to myself. Anyways. Yeah. All right. I will make There's sure your kids watch this clip. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It's, it's too soon. <laughs> All right. This one says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extends his hand out in the night for the sinners of, or uh, for the sinner of the day. And he extends his hand out in the day for the sinner of the night until the sun will rise from the west. It, it, okay, there's two things, right? The first thing is that you always have an opportunity. Everybody has an opportunity for forgiveness. Is that just like, excuse me. Alhamdulillah. See, there we go. Rahma again. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> And I sneeze in three, so I get three. MashaAllah. Even though my stepdad, he just says Shafakillah at this point, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's two things. The first thing is that 
for getting the forgiveness and the mercy of Allah, you don't have to be a part of some elite club of being like this perfect human being. And that's the yeah. only way that you get God's mercy. No, like Islam did not come to a perfect nation and not come to, it's not for human beings that are perfect. Like there is yeah. no such thing as a, as perfect humans. It's for people. It's for everybody. Cause we all make mistakes and everybody's, you know, has their things. And so here, this narration saying that Allah Fanta, you know, extends his hand out to, for the sinners of the day and, and, the, and the nighttime, extends his hand out for the sinners of the night and the daytime, it shows that you always have an opportunity to turn to Allah. Yeah. There is always an opportunity for God to forgive you. But recognize that this time in this world is very limited. Mm-hmm. And you do not want to go on the day of judgment, which with what is called regret or this, you know, being like, uh, what is it in Arabic? Um, Husara? This level of just loss, like yeah. you feel like you Husara. really lost yeah. something, yeah. right? You don't want to go on a day of judgment with regret. And when yeah. Allah wants us, when this narration is saying until the point where the, the sun rises from the West, it's saying that at that point it's too late. That's when the day of judgment is there and you will have to answer for the things that you've done. You have your whole lifetime though. You have your entire lifetime to develop that relationship with Allah, to seek Allah's forgiveness, you know, to fall and get back up. You have your whole lifetime. But when the day of judgment comes, God is going to ask you, what did you do with that lifetime? So the last, uh, last quote I'll ask you to comment on as she kind of stands out. This is from Qatada rahimahullah, uh, from the generation after the, the companions of the Prophet wasallam. He said that the Quran guides you about what is your uh, illness and what is the cure. And he said as for the illness, it is sins. And as for the cure, it is istighfar. It is asking for, for forgiveness. What do you think about it, that? It, I think it's such a powerful statement because it is letting us know the role of the quran in our life it is the speech of allah it's a roadmap right it it tell is a roadmap that doesn't just tell you the roads but it tells you this is a trap here this is a closed door here this is this this is that don't go this way there is no u-turn here it gives you everything that you need to know and but knowing that you are human and if anybody's like my dad they don't like following the GPS properly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you take a wrong turn, this is how you get back on track. Yeah. If you take a wrong turn, you're that seeking that forgiveness and that remembrance and Allah is how you get back on track. SubhanAllah. That's amazing. And you know, for, for me, it just it just shows that you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not left us in the dark. No. He didn't put us in this world and just leave us to kind of figure, figure yeah figure it out or find Jannah on our own it was like hey here's exactly the kind of mistakes you're going to make and here's exactly the kind of steps you can take to correct those mistakes yeah. uh, you know acknowledge the fact that you did something wrong uh, repent and ask Allah for forgiveness and if you violated somebody else's rights then you gotta you gotta make it up you either have to suffer the consequences or return their rights or whatever it is yeah but you have to own up to this and and this is your your medicine, right? Your dawa. This is your medicine for your sickness. Your sickness is the fact that you will always commit sins. The medicine is istighfar. And, you know, just the fact that knowing that we're all stricken with this illness from birth, right? This is not something that's going to be leaving us, but there's dawa, which is the medicine, right? Which is going to temporarily kind of uh, take care of our symptoms here. 
uh, and then you know there's another quote where you know uh, one of the other uh, tabi'in mentioned there's there's the the illness which is your sins there's the medicine which is the istighfar you're seeking forgiveness and he said then there's shifa mm. there's shifa it's like you can yeah. you can achieve shifa maybe not from every type of this illness but if you don't return to that specific sin again then you're cured right and again we know our nature will always have sins but maybe we have sins that are a little bit more major maybe they affect other people in our lives those are the kinds of sins we absolutely need to be cured from yeah. uh, and so there is a sense of shifa there is a sense of cure and that is you know what there are some things that i do need to give up i absolutely need to abandon i don't need to get into this idea that oh it's just a part of my life it's who i am if it's going to really harm you your spirituality or somebody else in your life uh, then it is something you have to work extra hard at giving up yeah. Uh, and so, you know, minor sins and things like that. Yeah, we're all going to be stricken, but there are major things that we do need to understand that, you know, istighfar is a roadmap also for shifa, uh, that this medicine is also a roadmap towards the cure, which is leaving those uh, sins behind. And all of us that are at least Muslim, uh, you know, uh, if, especially those people that, that converted to Islam, right? They, they, they have fallen into or found this cure for disbelief, right? Which maybe those of us that are born into Islam don't get to experience. But it's a beautiful thing how living their lives with this with this sin of disbelief or or shirk or or associating partners with God or so on and so forth, they found their way to a cure. Yeah. Uh, and you know we gotta we gotta find those big things in our lives and make sure that we're not just making istighfar, but we're actually trying to, you know, get cured from from some of those major illnesses. We're actually trying to purify our hearts and ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So hopefully, inshallah, this gives you guys that are watching some fuel for these remaining uh, few nights that we have in Ramadan, uh, a map to kind of, you know, look forward in the future and say, you know what, I'm going to be more conscious about my, my repentance or just be more aware of the fact that the opportunity is already in your life. As long as you check off those boxes that Allah told you to do, those mandatory things like praying, fasting, giving your zakat, you know, those are things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already designed for you to be forgiven with. And, you know, when you appreciate that, that'll help you change some of your ways as well. Any final thoughts from you, Sada? No, I, I think you hit it on the nail. Like, it, it's so important for us to evolve in our relationship with Allah and how we think of our relationship with Allah. And that we should be constantly, you know, the way that you're able to even feel this level of remorse or regret when you do something that's wrong is by developing a relationship with that person. You know, you, yeah. you won't necessarily regret what you've done wrong or whatever the case may be, or even feel the need to be grateful to Allah if you don't develop a relationship with Allah. And so Absolutely. take these last couple of days and really start um, or really continue to develop that relationship. And, and don't forget in the last 10 days that the, the, the dua is um, Oh Allah, you are all forgiving. You love to forgive. So please forgive me. But you, you constantly say that and say it for your children, you know, and say it for your whole family. And, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just allow for us to end off our Ramadan strong. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow for us to be able to really develop and really, you know, build a stronger relationships with him i mean all right that does any it for closing, any closing jokes imam arshad so that I can, jokes? You, I can tell you they're corny 
<laughs> I should have had some for uh, repentance, but I, I don't, I don't, because it's such a, I don't want to, I'm, I'm going to have to repent from those uh, jokes probably. So oh it doesn't, you know, there's a joke right there. Ha, there I'm we go. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Inshallah, we'll be back with more. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept everybody's actions in Ramadan, everybody's intentions in Ramadan, everybody's du'as. And please say a du'a for us. And don't forget to support your community masjid, inshallah, knowing that we still have, you know, uh, Ramadan expenses, masjid expenses, and not, you know, looking forward to, inshallah ta'ala, our new home. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless. All right. Assalamu alaikum, Ustada. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.